podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Monday's Terrace Podcast, the podcast that recognises the importance of sportsmanship above all. I'm Graham Thillis and I'm once again very happy to announce I'm joined by Andy Harrell. Ah, yeah. And rounding off our terrific trio, I have Craig Anderson with me as well. Hello. Uh, as is our custom and the song of my people, it's time for us to review the weekend's action because it's Monday. Um, so it makes sense, we'll start off with the most goals at the weekend, uh, which very helpful, it was on Friday night as well, so we can all just stay at home in our beds for the next two days. <laughs> Um, where Dundee scored twice and lost 4-2 to, I don't know, I'm loath to call them a resurgent Hibernian um, or a resurgent Dundee even, but uh, what do we think? Um, there was a, a lot to go on in this game. Yeah, it was a, a really entertaining game. It kind of, I had my doubts about it just because I knew like Dundee were, uh, are, are certainly better than they've been for a long time and Hibs have... Uh, it's hard to tell because it's a small sample size they've, they've kind of looked a bit more confident under Heckingbottom but I kind of saw this game coming up and I'm like this could easily be quite grim but it was it was far from it it was a really again like Hibs couldn't be less confident than, than how it mm. ended with Lennon yeah. by the time they finished with Lennon it really looked as if nobody was a good player anymore um, and yeah it was just a a really entertaining game and Dundee the, the funny thing was I actually think even though Hibs won the game and Dundee lost Dundee might come away with it, away from it with more confidence than Hibs did because after Hibs went four one up, I thought they they fell to pieces. Like it was easily, I think had Dundee when they got it back to they also had the two disallowed Miller goals, mm. and then they scored, and then they had a few chances after that. And I think if Dundee had scored again at that point, it would have ended up four each or even five four because Hibs just seemed to have gone, and Dundee were throwing everything mm. at it. I don't know. Well, I was going to say I don't know how um, much that's just down to a team being forward up and thinking, right, we've done the hard bit, and then finding it difficult to get back into the swing of things, rather than it being anything to do with confidence or the, um, the kind of system breaking down. But I actually kind of went the other way, in that while Dundee improved, I still thought Hibs had it come to had Dundee scored again and it got to four three, Hibs would just go and scored again because while Dundee have improved. They still couldn't keep Wayne Jutta close. Yeah. Like mm. defensively, they're, they're they're all over the place. And I, again, individually, with the possible exception of the right back, who I still I quite like Cammy Kerr in general, but I still don't think he's any great upgrade on Kerr. I know Gary and Dundee fans seem to be more than anything. I was happy to give Kerr a bit of a rest because he's taken a bit of a doing over the past sort of eighteen months, really, as a Dundee player. Which understandably, if we're going to talk about confidence, he's kind of shaking his. Um, and individually, Ralph looks like a better player. Kasunga is still Kasunga he's not going to become a better player overnight and the first goal kind of highlighted that But and Ryan McGowan while he's a better player than Andy Boyle for example who they had to me 
Ryan McGowan feels very much like a sort of CV player. Like Ryan McGowan's a good player because he's got a good CV and he's the, played in various places. Tim Cahill for that goal. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's played. He's in international. He's played at World Cups. He played in a Hearts Cup winning team. He was playing a decent Hearts team, but I can't remember really thinking any time recently. I've looked at Ryan McGowan and gone, do you know what? He's a really good game. Like he left Dundee United. At, what was it? Christmas to head off to China again um, in their death rattle and. Over that period, I don't think there was any Dundee United fan who at that time was particularly devastated to see the back of him at the time. I just, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not convinced. Like from middle to front, and you saw Scott Wright particularly was was an absolute star throughout the game. But defensively, Dundee are still all over the shop, and Dieng looks like he's got, as it turns out, he's got a howler in him the same as mm. every other Dundee goalkeeper does. Yeah, because Dieng had looked fairly decent uh, when he came in and he kind of seemed like a, one of the positives when they one of the new signings but uh, he, he didn't cover himself in glory on Friday night at all the one thing you would say about Dundee is that they are playing with a wee bit of confidence I mean the two goals he scored scored were terrific yeah. and a team that are really lacking in confidence don't score those two goals um, because technically they were very good um, and, and they do seem to have something else the fact that they brought in uh, Scott Wright has made a big difference as well, and Dales as well. So I, I kind of would agree with Craig in the sense that Dundee can take quite a lot out of it. It's whether or not you can get away with Kasunga and McGowan following. I mean, Kasunga was good against Hearts a, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. so he's got it in him. But it's just whether or not you can. No, you won't. <laughs> 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 um, but that, I mean, the, the first goal is like weak as anything. Like. Yeah. It, even nobody looks for a foul they're like no yeah. that's just Big Jim Seric that's, uh, that's what he does <laughs> uh, he looks pretty raging afterwards like mate just put your head down yeah. and keep walking like you've you've, you've had one it, it reminded me of it or it was similar to the Aki's players kind of half-heartedly appealing for offside for the second <laughs> yeah. just like nah nah <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll kind of do a, a, a kind of token gesture but yeah, he, he was poor for several goals and he had the 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 fumble for um, the third goal and, yeah, then, and Malin's yeah. was a, yeah. a shocker yeah. and I mean Malin the ball I don't like that saying the ball moves of course it did that's how it got from 18 miles <laughs> to the goalkeeper but it was swerving around a bit science with yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so you can, he, he's shown enough so far he looks like a very competent, uh, confident goalkeeper um, mm-hmm. and you hope that doesn't knock him because I, I have thought he's been definitely an upgrade on Parrish who's always been they, yeah. were, they mm. pretend they, they, I think that for a while they were pretending that he was good just because he wasn't Scott Bain um, and they, they, they didn't like Bain and so they wanted Parrish to be good when he clearly wasn't for a long time but um, kind, yeah, of, kind of similarly with uh, Jack Hamilton as well like he's not Jack Hamilton so, <laughs> so I suppose that's, that's a, yeah. a, tick, a tick for him there uh, for Hibs yeah um, McNulty I think uh, he impressed me he's, he's very much a nice all round striker he, Camberry can be uh, Camberry's a good player but he, he's very inconsistent and he's also very self centred I think as a striker which can be a good thing but I think yeah. McNulty even though he was one that scored twice has more to his game in general and, and seems like a really good focal point for the attack um, at, at the time in, in, the, in the January window when McLaren left McLaren obviously last season this is the caveat for everything Hibs have done like last season was really good this season just hasn't really offered the same amount um, and at the time I wonder whether McLaren leaving him was a bit of a blow to Hibs with McNulty coming in turns out nah I think he's, mm. he's a better player and uh, a better foil for Canberra as well Yeah I think McNulty's form 
in uh, League One is a better indicator of how good McNulty is than the fact that he's not really been playing for Red. And I mean, the champion, you know, whenever you get Scottish players going down to England, it's always a kind of weird. Sometimes the, the kind of form and what you think is going to be the case kind of goes out the window because yeah. people think it's going to be rubbish or great and vice versa. But he was consistently very good for um, Coventry. Uh, and I think it's not a great league, but the standard's not much different to probably what Dundee are, are looking at, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of opposition. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a really good sign. And th- th- I still find it a bit of a weird one in the sense that he's obviously very good. So when you get the chance to get a very good player, you, you do, do it. Yeah. But, like, I guess it would have been better in a way if Hibs were actually competing for something. Like it seems like they're still a wee bit too yeah. far away from doing anything to have the fact that they've got such a good striker isn't going to make that much difference, I guess, in the the, the long term. But yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, one of the things that really struck me from the game as well, and it struck me a couple of times this season that David Gray was really struggling for Hibs at right back. And I don't know. I know Gray has had a lot of fitness issues over the past. What, 10 years? Yeah. Something along those lines. Um, but he's also very, he's hardly played in the top yeah. flight of Scotland. Like, all the good stuff that came from him for Hibs defenders in the Championship, you know, the Scottish Cup winning goal and all that stuff, was always the Championship. Last season, he barely played because he was injured most of the season, so he's actually hardly got any top flight games under his belt. Yeah. I thought it just was, particularly with, obviously, Wright was, as we said, a start throughout the game, but he really was struggling with, struggling to sort of deal with, with Wright and then. Uh, anytime Dale's got near him as well, you could just see he was terrified of the pace. He's kept dropping off him as well. So, again, it's, uh, Hibs have gone from having about 40 different defenders to having about four mm. now. Mm. Um, and you do wonder whether that might be sort of the end of, of David Gray. Yeah. Uh, if he can stay fit for a longer period of time, he might be able to, to it, spring a bit forward. But it feels, I thought it looked like he was really struggling throughout the game. It feels like a club where there will be huge turnover in the summer. Yeah. Um, just there's a lot of players there that you're like, mm, that you think are big characters as well, Gray and Bartley and um, a few others that are yeah. about like probably Camberry won't be there beyond the summer just because someone will, will buy them. It feels like a club that's going to have to rebuild in the summer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just a couple of other things that I noticed as well was uh, one for the Martin Woods fans, mainly Joel. Um, of watching him give it big licks after he scored to be 4-2 yeah, I, I thought I found that strange as well it's like okay it was a really nice goal yeah, it, it was a really well worked goal and a really nice goal from him you can't, you can't unless you're even broken and you're 7-0 down yeah, there's, there's, there's always <laughs> no limit on yeah. it like you're absolutely out of the mm. game yeah, and it's funny yeah. to do it when you I mean ultimately you are still two goals behind and to give it big licks is a bit odd I also thought it was weird that Stevie Mallon was giving it to the Derry as well after his goal. I like, understand that's where the voice at, at Dennis Park comes from, but kind of everybody does it to the Derry. So Liam Craig obviously has various things Johnston. Well, Niall McGinn was the one as well, which I remember seeing footage of it and I looked it back at it today and it's really weird that Niall McGinn, who has no affiliation particularly within Dundee at all, yeah. is just giving it to them yeah. um, for relegating them, which seems very snide and it's that's entirely fine, but for Mallon to be giving it as well, that seems a bit odd. I wonder if they're just very, very vocal and they just kind of piss players off and then they'll just... Every, every, every chance. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I did find that very odd. Any more? Uh, cool, right, we will head off to Hamilton. Uh, where we saw Rangers absolutely body Aki's. Um yeah so does this mean Rangers have an advantage uh, being on a plastic pitch because they won 5 nothing, or who's, who's, who's getting the advantage out of this 
it's very hard to tell. I was just very glad that um, everyone survived with uh, with their limbs <laughs> intact. Because um, I, I mean, the, the the danger of these surfaces can't be can't be indeed, overstated. Indeed, but yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, no. I, I thought the, the one thing to take away from that is that maybe someone can tell Brian Rice it's, it's okay to play some defenders. <laughs> like, you don't have to just fill your team yeah. with attack. It's like, okay, Brian, you want to say... Can you see managers do this? They always want to make a statement when they come in. And so sometimes, a lot of the time, someone will come in and pick a, a young player just at one at random and just be like, he's in my team because I want to show that I can yeah. do this. And it doesn't matter if they're shit or good or whatever. In, in my job, I love you. I said I'd play young players. Yeah. So I've picked a young player, then you go. Yeah. Um, and... Rice seems to have been like, well, Cannon was playing too many defenders. I will, I will do the opposite, mm. and I will pick all my attacking <laughs> players in one team, and then be surprised when we get our four 0 down at half time. Um, and the defending players, the defensive players that he did have, let, let him down the yeah, field. Yeah. The goalkeeper uh, for the first goal. I mean, okay, it's a nice strike, and it's hard to get down to. He's got to be feet. Yeah, and McGowan. Everyone else is playing the offside. McGowan decided against yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, just really naive from Rice. I don't. He's kind of coming with that. You sometimes get that, and uh, we've talked often enough about that huge period at Rice when they tried to play football. And you get managers who want to play football, and quite often as people who weren't like that as footballers, it's kind of the more centre halves that want to play <laughs> Barcelona type stuff. But it's so naive to do that against Rangers. I know Rangers without Morelos obviously struggle uh, statistically. That, that is the case. They struggle to create chances and, and put chances away. But you can't. The, the formation they set out was weird right from the off. I mean, I think even Craig Cairns mentioned it even before the game had started about when earth is that team yeah. that they've got out. And you're unless you're really confident about your back four and your goalkeeper, then you're you're asking for trouble. And Hamilton don't have great players or ones that you can rely on as purely the only people there to guard against Rangers the, the amount of bizarre. the amount of space that Andy Halliday had down the left hand side and Tavernier down the right as well they were slightly more aware of him because I presume they've heard of him before mm. um, but the amount of space every time um, Halliday had that ball just taking it 30, 40 yards up the field without even a player being not even coming mm. to close him down not tackling not that he's beating anyone just driving the ball forward with so mm. much space I think so. I was during the group chat. I asked like, who is actually playing on the right for Aki's? I had no idea. Turns out it was McMillan, who I, I presume was meant to. Well, I think there. I think he started up front and yeah. they moved him back into the right hand yeah. side just to try and shore things up before half time. But yeah, uh, it doesn't make it sense. McMillan and Oakley are both like big strikers. Yeah. They're both like. Like names are not guys that you can yeah. shift yeah. out wide. Yeah, but it, but uh, Rice was talking today about um, the fact that he, he thought Rangers were amazing and they were so good at playing uh, passing football and everything, and that's really what he wants to get from his Hamilton team. And he kind of admitted they didn't have that much time to do it, but that's what he wants to try. But it's like there was a reason that for all the people moaned about Cannon and that Hamilton have never been a fun team to watch there was a reason they survived every season and that's because more or less he kept things tight enough that they could sneak the odd 1-0 yeah. or 2-1-1 suddenly deciding that this Hamilton team are going to be you know guns blazing um, Barcelona-esque football and somehow stay up is just a total myth there's also a reason why Rangers were um, knocking the ball about so well which was that they no Opposition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exact same, it was like a training game. The exact same 11 minus Morelos doing 0 0 at Rugby Park, doing 0 0 with St Johnston and, and created very little. And, and okay, they won 5 0 in midweek, but that was against 10 men for mm-hmm. much of the game. So they 
the idea that yeah, it's it's purely down to Rangers and you're like, oh, they're, they're so good, we need to do that. It's like, well, you're probably not going to play against many teams that give you as much space as you gave them. Mm-hmm. So, you mean next year? Well, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> even at that, like, if you. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that style would be good in the championship for a Hamilton, whereas Cannonball would get them seventh. Yeah. But uh, Cannonball, I always say it's Cannonball. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Um, but yeah, it, just, it just was a weird game mm. because yeah, I um, switched it off after 15 minutes. It was 2 0. I'm like, well, I'm not gaining anything. Mm-hmm. When, the, when, the, when the TV deal gets cut from 60 to 48 games next year <laughs> I suspect these are the games that will be I don't think I could be wrong but I don't believe Hamilton have beaten either Rangers or Celtic at home since any of their spells in the top mm. flight in the recent you know the previous spell under Billy, Billy Reid or this one I can't remember but I can remember them getting a draw against Celtic and yeah. they've been proper like Reid absolutely losing it but I can't remember I know they've won at Ibrox they've won at Celtic Park but they won't yeah. on the telly so but yeah they quite often have the won the telly on the, the kind of assumption that this might be a difficult game yeah, probably yeah, partly yeah. because of the pitch and, and it never it is, never is yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah I, I was actually I forgot I got the timings wrong in terms of when it was starting and I missed the starting of the time was, the score was it was 3-0 I'm like am I going to be watching this no I didn't uh, so I I didn't bother for the, the second half. To just, just thought, just thought the, the, was the fourth goal, um, the penalty for Tavernier. I know it's like an ongoing sort of Rangers get penalties because they're Rangers. Are Rangers on the run of like the most stonewall penalties ever seen in football? Like Ziggy Gordon on the ground mm. holding up his hands with Ryan Kent on top of him trying to protest his innocence because he'd gone right <laughs> through him. Was great. I really enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Yeah, the, the I mean, the, it came up. I never checked. It came up on sports in twelve, uh, twelve goal, twelve league goal of the season for Tavernier, and I never checked how many of them penalties, but I suspect almost all of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some of the penalties they've got of late, um, I'm thinking that St Mirren game yeah. have been questionable. But I mean, the one, the one against Kelly um, last weekend, the one <laughs> of like. Uh, Absolutely nailed on penalties, and there's no um, no no. no. It's just because of the the ongoing drama about referees. Just every time I look at them, just now, like how can you, there's no argument. There's not even a, an attempt at an hmm. argument there is of some sort of terrible terrible refereeing going on yeah. there. Can, can I just say that Ziggy Gordon was absolutely atrocious? Like there was even <laughs> there was even one. It, the penalty was bad enough, but. Again, it was it was one that wasn't actually a goal where the offside trap just completely failed. And I'm pretty sure it was Gordon. It was the the first yeah. chance Defoe had. I mean, uh, Ziggy Gordon must have been about ten yards behind every other player. He was playing about four Rangers players on side. It was it, that's like fundamental stuff. Like you can have yeah. passing and try to play out from the back and whatever else, but if you can't actually organise four men getting in a line, yeah, you're getting no chance. With the world class coaching in Poland, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. now that he's back here. Really, yeah. Cavemen, yeah, that's clearly the problem. Uh, should that he's got a penalty? Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. should. Yeah. The, the problem is, actually, a bit like the Rangers one, which definitely was a penalty. Yeah. A lot of the time, they don't get given because almost the referee follows the ball, or mm. it's like, yeah, somehow. And it was the same. It was like, well, he's made an attempt to clear it, but if that was in the mid, you know, yeah, yeah. And you see that you see those all the time going unpunished. In fact, thinking back to the League Cup final, um, it wasn't quite the same circumstance. But Aberdeen was it? Was it when McKay Stephen got cleaned out? Yeah, um, Aberdeen. Yep, yep. That was really that was really. Anyway, the, the Celtic player, I can't remember who it was. And but it came straight through very late on. Yeah. Yeah. And again, midfield, it's a penalty. It is a penalty. It is a penalty. It, it's just you understand they're not getting given because they, they really do. 
And it's not just that, of course, it's against Rangers. It's literally, <laughs> no matter what the teams are, you don't yeah. tend to get those penalties. Yeah. Okay, doke. Uh, I think that's just covered. I mean, just the last thing. It's it's a nice. I mean, again, it's against a, what was a very poor Aki's performance, but it's Rangers getting five different scorers mm. after all the bleating about how they could only score Morelos and whatever else. Felt like a nice return, mm. uh, yeah. particularly given that they seemed to spend the last like twenty minutes just giving the ball to Lafferty to try <laughs> just to get him a goal yeah. just to see and if it could make any difference. And then Hamilton helped him out by leaving him in a bit of ton of space. <laughs> two of them running on the goalkeeper. Yeah. So yeah, good good on Hamilton for for doing up for uh, building up Kyle Lafferty's uh, confidence just in time for Morelos to come back. So imagine. <laughs> uh, from the other, we'll go to the, the other five goal game of the weekend, which was at Celtic Park yesterday as well uh, as Celtic beat Motherwell 4-1 um, which was funny <laughs> uh, yeah so right, we'll, 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 talk about the, we'll talk a bit about the game and then we'll, we'll talk about funny um, Sinclair on the scoring poor from Dunn really really poor from Dunn he's got a, I, I can see what he's trying to do and he doesn't think Sinclair's going to get up there but he's just hesitant he, he mm. chucked a couple of goals done actually yeah. um, okay the, the, the water one was chasing the game yeah. situation mm. but that, that one in particular you've got to go and attack the ball it's it's within the six yard box it's at your head height you've got to get something on it one way or another um, which was poor uh, Tom Aldred going off from Motherwell was a huge blow as well which looked it looked horrible yeah. um, it was a weird one and I still can't under, quite understand why Edward was booked for it because it looked I couldn't tell I still I've watched that a bunch of times I still mm. can't tell whether it was his arm that he was swinging that caught Aldred or whether it was a clash of heads the angle's not yeah I thought it was an arm but yeah. it, was, it was yeah it was the same it took me a couple of yeah. goes to actually I thought it was a bit odd and if it was arm then is it a booking or should it be more than a booking but the just the, the amount of blood that was coming out of Aldred's head was um, mm. terrifying it was not a particularly pleasant one as well um, it's getting all the kids back in, but then they're still they're still doing Motherwell things, which is all their players going off. Maybe like the comedy comedy cuts against Kelly at um, the yep. start of the season when two of them clashed <laughs> head with each other and had to both go off. Un- unbelievable, um, but yeah, just the amount of blood pouring out his head was unpleasant. McHugh came on obviously, and then almost immediately gave a goal away yeah. um, through completely allowing, allowing Edward to get around. But that that whole goal for Motherwell was really really poorly defended. There's um, Goring's out at the left back position takes nowhere McHugh's sleeping on his heel there's a whole collection of players just out of position so in the end it was a smashing ball from the boy Henderson as well who had a really good game he was yeah I think he kept things so a few Celtic fans saying he yeah. just really kept things going and he was yeah. tidy in possession and he just managed and, and you know Celtic haven't won the league yet so he's coming into a yeah. team that's still needing to win it's not like last couple of games of the season where just the pressure's off go but, yeah. Yeah. but yeah absolutely it's, it's one of the it's presumably what you say every young player coming into for sort of the first few games like just keep it simple do yeah, the things do do the things that you can do it feels like they're on the cusp of a wee golden generation as yeah. such because you've got him and you've got uh, Johnston are both really impressed yeah. in the team and you're still talking about Forrest and Tierney being mm. there and McGregor who are all but there's a kind of confidence about all of those players as well they kind of come in and just seem to assume that they should be there like Henderson yeah. Yeah. Like, the fact he was flinging in balls for assists and he was taking free kicks and that sort of thing like, that's not the type of thing you do if you're not confident in your yeah. own abilities but yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, uh, he had a really smashing game um, despite his massive ears <laughs> um, which I imagine might hold some people it looks better than his brother though it's touch and go like <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
said. But no, I thought, I mean, in general, you're looking at that squad and you're, you're on that pitch and you're wondering how many future members of the Scotland team were on that part mm-hmm. there because you've got Bain, Tierney, yeah. Burke, Henderson, Forrest, McGregor, was McGregor, uh, McGregor Tumble, Hasty, Tumble, Campbell, Hasty, Campbell um, Scott, potentially, I mean, yeah, we don't know yeah, much about him yet, yeah. but... Uh, I, I, I see the fact that it looks like Dolph Lundgren, I'm not sure I know an awful lot about him <laughs> There's a lot of young young talent on that park there, and young Scottish mm. talent, um, like that. All, all in all, Motherwell did kind of okay up to that point, they were holding the ball reasonably well in a way, which we don't generally do that often uh, at Parkhead, but looked at it entirely blunt, and while Scott has some nice touches and has done some really nice stuff in the reserves he it did look more like sort of kids and men yeah. uh, playing a little bit but completely understandable given that it's unlikely that he's going to come up against a team as big and as good or he's, it's not unlikely he's not going to come up against a team as big or as good as Celtic are week in week out really realistically till the end of the season Motherwell don't have anything to play for um, we'd, I'd much rather see him get an extended run of half a dozen games and see what happens yeah. um, see whether he is worth anything He's been given a new contract, so presumably they, they rate him in one way or another. Uh, which brings us nicely uh, to Motherwell's goal, um, which is quite funny. Yeah, so it's, I mean, first of all, yes, that that's something that essentially doesn't happen yeah. for a reason, because there's this kind of idea of honour and integrity and whatever. Yeah. However, <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. But also, where do you draw the line on that? When Celtic are putting the ball out for their own player yeah. being injured, who has already been off the park. So he was, he was, Christie was off the park. He was, he'd clearly done his hamstring. Um, and Celtic put him back on, presumably to go and walk about for two minutes and then sit down so they can get Henry ready yeah. and get mm-hmm. something next back on. He inexplicably ended up with the ball yeah. and played on. And at that point, Celtic were on the attack. You can see it again as he hits the pass. It goes again, mm-hmm. and it's proper gone this time. So please the pass. Celtic are on the attack. Have not kicked the ball out. Game continues. Sits down in the park. Eventually, after what was a significant period of faffing about to eventually try and get Hendry on, Grimshaw takes a throw in. And in Scott's defence, I genuinely don't think he realises what he's done. Yeah, uh, well, he kind of you see him looking about like he, he why is why is nobody coming near me? Um, it reminded me. I don't. I've never seen it again. But there was a clip from an Asian game where there was um, I think it was in a Chinese league this was on one of these gaffes programmes yeah, yeah. where this, this exact thing happened where a team scored from that it was from a drop ball yeah. and the guy um, went to ping it back to the goalkeeper and it went straight into the top bin and <laughs> that's before the rule changed which yeah. it is now which that wouldn't be a goal anymore but it was back then yeah. and they decided to let um, the other team score and they had a boy who wasn't Chinese in the team. Um, I can't remember what he's not. He's maybe European or mm-hmm. African or someone. Yeah. And he clearly didn't get the message. And so all the other teammates are letting him run through. And this boy is like looking around like, what the hell's going on here? I'm going to launch into a tackle. And kept tackling the guy. And it was hilarious. It kind of reminded me of that with Scott when he's kind of looking around like, what are these guys doing? Yeah. And then he's just like, oh, well... But but there is a case of where do you draw the line? Celtic put the ball out themselves for their mm-hmm. player. Yeah. Now Celtic are two 0 up. Celtic are, are playing for time in some ways. Mm-hmm. When does that become acceptable? When when you put it out for your own player being injured? When a player sits down purely to kill the game? Yeah. And then you kick it out when it's a drop ball and you decide to contest it. When you instead of you do give the ball back but you chase it into the corner and press the team. 
all of these are things that happen and okay they're not as obvious as yeah. Yeah. literally going away and kicking the ball but I think ultimately I, yeah. there's not a rule and but, that's no, the problem but, but I think you you start getting into murky territory again it's 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 that tit for tat thing which just becomes really depressing. It's like yeah. the uh, Rangers and Celtic, the fans at the having less and less fans at games. Yeah, like yeah. ultimately, that's only going to go one way. If, if you decide that the line isn't actually there, that you're going to, it's only going to go down the way. There's not going to be a case where folk at some point go. Somebody actually takes a stand and says, "You know what? We're going to do the right thing." Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. just all that will happen is that. Next time anything like that happens, Celtic will go up the field. That team, whoever they're playing against will get annoyed about it. They'll do it. Yeah. It, it, it just carries on. And yeah. while it's, it, it was very funny. If it was happening to your team, you'd be yeah. incredibly think, pissed in, off about in, it. In but. the context of how the rest of the game played out, it didn't matter. No, no, it, it didn't matter in the slightest. And as I say, I genuinely don't think Scots realised what's yeah. happened because. I didn't look at the footage to see where he was looking or whatever else when the ball was played out. But Grimshaw takes the throw and, and he runs after and he sort of looks at it. Nobody's going for it. Yeah. Teamly's not turning around to try and get it. It's not going back to Bain. It's in a nowhere on the pitch. Yeah. Nobody's looking at it. He's, as I say, I don't think he's any idea. I don't think he's realised quite what's happened. He's just bought you like, well, they, you'll kick the ball back to them and then the goalie if the goalie's 2-0 up stands with the ball yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so there is a sense I mean uh, uh, there's, there's weirdnesses with that type of rule yeah. I wouldn't much prefer them just to say okay if the ref stops the game otherwise just play on for that I mean I think there's other situations where that um, you know honesty has to be a thing like like in that situation if the referee stops the game and there's a drop ball I, I've got no I don't think you have to say oh you, yeah. you can test them all yeah. kick it back kick it back and all that that's fine but I think cre- it just creates tension when players kick the ball out because sometimes they do sometimes they don't it does depend on whether they're winning or losing yeah. and whether they're on an attack yeah. or whether they're under pressure and whether they're down to 10 yeah. Or, yeah. but I think it also depends on the context because like it was a hamstring injury or whatever it wasn't like somebody going down because they've pretended that they've been yeah. hit in the face or anything like that it was a genuine yeah. honest injury that they and yeah they're maybe wasting a bit of time yeah. they're being trying to be clever with it but it's not the worst ever case of somebody kicking a ball out for no. I, 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 um, I mean the I, I would advise those Celtic fans to not get too like high and mighty about it and I've certainly seen um some Celtic fans doing that, but but they have they have history of doing this bef- before. Uh, which, so I was really hoping you bring us up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I was gonna like it's it, it's weird because, and I think that's why I know that it's really annoying because I still remember this like how many years? That was ninety five. So what's that? How many? I can't think. Years. Yeah, I still remember this. I listened to the radio. Um, that it was after we, uh, Wraith had beaten Celtic in the League Cup that we played them again the next season at Parkhead. And um, I'll just let me try and find if I can find the. Uh, I also say while while we were on. Yeah, but I'm having a look for it. Yeah, thank you. Being found out big time was hilarious yeah. when Chris Sutton was. He's not, he's not brought it up again. He's yeah. not mentioned it. He's not replied. He's not. Yeah, yeah. and then they found someone found footage of Chris Sutton literally <laughs> doing it, almost exactly the same yeah. thing against Arsenal, um, yeah. which cost Arsenal. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So in the in the match afterwards, all that I really learned from it was that once again, I absolutely adore Richard Tate. Particularly as Derek Obaya, I started to throw his weight around and start trying to scrap with people. At which point, again. 
it's something that I really enjoy about Motherwell in that they have Tom, like, Turnbull wandering about giggling was great because he, he just tell he was like I don't know what to do here I'm too weak for this <laughs> Campbell was up in people's faces uh, Scott was in the midst of it with Celtic players pushing him around at which point Gillespie ran the length of the pitch to make sure that he was alright uh, Tate made sure that he picked the biggest guy on the pitch to go and stand mm. in front of and not back down an inch which Kieran Taylor was like that wee boy that uh, will run like see you imagine like everyone's in the playground and Kieran Taylor will like, run out and slap something in the face and then hide away <laughs> like, like a full hard man that he is yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. just I, I found that that wee bit so actually I think this is from Jim Trainer's do record reports if you're a Celtic fan you're probably not going to believe this happened anyway <laughs> but um yeah, so he said uh, race keeper Scott Thompson had kicked the ball out of play when he saw Celtic's Peter Grant lying in agony suffering from cramp and after the midfield player had been treated Rudy Vata took the throw in and hurled the ball into race territory where Van Hoydonk nodded the ball into touch instead of allowing a race player to take possession uh, they put us under pressure in one of our corners of the pitch and I thought it was pure sportsmanship said Jimmy Nicol so yeah so it's not and in that case that was one where we were actually doing them a favour as well but and they were winning but uh, yeah just as Obviously, the, the game was sort of rounded off with what was a, a stunning free kick yeah. from Oslo yes. Edward, which was, was really something else, and uh, Buck scoring as well. It was, uh, it was the, whatever the opposite of a soft free kick was for um, the Edward one. That's a challenge which could nearly have been a red card. Yeah. And again, that was big, at that point, Celtic, the, it was a weird game, and they ended up with like three drop balls in the yeah. second half, which is more drop balls than I think I've seen, mm. I don't know, in, in how long. At which point Celtic decided they were going to contest every single one mm. of them, which again could be considered small time, but also fair play to them. Yeah. Like, I, as I said, I, I said to you yesterday, if that happened to my team, I, yeah. would, I wouldn't just be telling them to contest them; I'd be telling them to take body. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought with the uh, the free kick as well. Uh, I was watching and thinking the keeper's far too far over for this one like knowing that this was going to be the goal and yeah. like too far over and then you see it like, I said to be honest it would have made absolutely no, no difference, no difference yeah. where he was standing. Yeah. the only other thing I really like to, to add on Celtic while obviously Henderson and, and had a very good game beat on his back and looked like he was having a good game as well Tolian's not very good nah. as as we the game of Valencia maybe it's is a is a higher level than, mm-hmm. than the league business, and he got found out. He got caught with two daft yellow cards. I thought he could quite easily have gone off in this game as well. He had a couple of he got booked for doing almost exactly the same thing as he did in Valencia, and there's a couple of other times he got he just pulled away at Larry Eby. He's not. I don't think he's. Is, he's, it, he's is it a better option than Lustig though? Like I, don't think I mean, I, so it's a pretty low bar. I don't think Lustig. I don't in Europe. I don't think Lustig would have been caught and done the same thing. I don't know. I think Lustig is. I think Lustig's like Brown and one of those players that Europe's I probably. Aye, aye, aye. True. I don't. I, I don't. He wouldn't get himself put off. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I think Lustig would have struggled with Ariebe as well. But again, he's an awful lot more experienced, yeah. so maybe he doesn't get caught in the same way. But Tolian. While again, this is your, your classic fullback, classic modern fullback chat of he looks fine going forward, but defensively he looks very, very shaky. And again, he's going to come up against better players than Ari Eby's great fun, mm. but he's going to come up against better players than him. So I don't think he's the right answer for them at right back. Okay, funny. Uh, we've got we've got two games left. Three, um, three games left. Um, we will leave. Um, 
Hearts of St Mirren to last because yes and we'll go to uh, Perth sorry I'm still flicking through my notes here my apologies <laughs> to all um, where Graham Shinney had the perfect match of a left foot goal a right foot goal and a booking <laughs> <laughs> I was well on the SPFL website it lists the games and it, and it merged yeah. all the Carlton goals together and it's just yeah. for, for um, St Johnston there was like a list of players booked and for Aberdeen it was just G Shinney G Shinney G Shinney <laughs> two goals one yellow card um, and <laughs> Yeah, he's just that. That's better than a hat trick for him. Um, <laughs> uh, the only, the only other thing would have been if he'd injured someone. Um, but no, it was I, I, the thing I took away from that was the uh, Don Ball playing like Patrick Vieira. In yeah, weird, like, really weird. Uh, everything about it, it was like the way he was like a big, strong guy running through the midfield. He picked up the ball off people. His big, long legs and just knocking. Because that's what Vieira was always very good at. He would win the ball back, and the passes he made were simple, but they took players out of the game, and yeah. that was kind of what Ball did, especially for the first goal. He just kind of found Shinny kind of running in, and, and it was. Ball's a very odd player. I fully agree with you on that, and his time at Rangers was, I think, not great, would be a nice way to put it. Um, he's not a centre half. I think it's, it's very clear and becoming mm-hmm. more and more clear the further forward he seems he to play for Aberdeen right he's also not a right back <laughs> either but he seems to get further and further forward for Aberdeen and that was again it's possible because I've not seen as much of Aberdeen but like you say he was playing an awful playing balls for players on the edge of the box I think mm-hmm. it was it's very odd to see the various positions that Don Balls ended up in Scotland yeah it was a, for all the Don Balls was good. It was Shinny's game. I mean, yeah. aside from the two goals that he scored, which were both obviously very good finishes, he was just everywhere. It was one of those games where it totally took control of the game. And I, th- I mean, it's obvious, but it shows how important it is that Aberdeen keep yeah, I've seen, Shinny. Yeah, I've it's seen silly figures run about yeah. what they're offering him, but he, I mean, he's he's potentially the it could be easily argued the best central midfielder in the league. Well, I, th- I thought it was very weird with, with Rangers sort of continued pursuit and then eventual get of Ryan Jack and that to me Shinny is a player that Rangers want yeah, he's a better footballer yeah. than Jack and... yeah and Ryan Jack's had a very good season it's not to be critical of Jack but for all the things that Rangers seem to want in a central midfielder yeah. and that's what Shinny is whereas that's what Jack isn't is growing into being but Shinny's that right now and when we're understanding is that um, Shinny's an Aberdeen fan his family has connections with him. his brother obviously played with Rangers mm-hmm. and I don't know if he did when he was younger as well I can't remember if that was the case but yeah, it seems yeah, it seems like someone that they would be after um, yeah. and apart from anything taking another Aberdeen captain off them <laughs> would, be, would be quite fun for them like, and they, they are a team who, who thrives on that sort of pettiness I did um, just just on that pettiness I did I was I was pleased to note that Aberdeen fans are still booing uh, Richard Foster as well uh, which is brilliant I mean that's that's a long term commitment yeah. that's real real commitment uh, to just to, to making sure that something yeah, yeah, yeah. Real like, I'm, I've certainly seen it at rugby park with someone who had like three appearances for air it's like, uh, <laughs> no, not quite Ryan Stevenson it's like somebody that had a, had a brief loan spell and just Scott McKenna will get it um, 
But yeah, I thought Aberdeen were, were very good. Um, and it's seven straight away wins, which I think very impressive equals a club record. Something Alec Ferguson never managed yeah, as a manager. So. Well, following on from their the club record of 20 games where they didn't win when it mattered as well, is really quite something. <laughs> um, if, if we're just talking about... Graham, they won at Celtic Park to, to, to gain the coveted second place in the Premiership. Yeah, do, not, do not knock the second place trophy. There's a bunch of them at front <laughs> Um, yeah, if we're just going to talk about St Johnson briefly, uh, there's maybe a couple of questions about their midfield. Just now we were talking about Dom Ball as an ex Rangers yeah. person finding his place in midfield, but Sean Goss hasn't quite got it right. For they've, they've not they've not quite adapted them into the no, team yet. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a coincidence, but yeah. because they've obviously been yeah, 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 like on a whoop, but they uh, <laughs> they've, they've fallen in that glitch. <laughs> They've basically not won a game since they came in. But they've scored once in seven games, which is, again, these are all stats that don't really mean a huge amount because three of those seven games were Celtic. One was Rangers, one was Aberdeen, one was Aki's, which is a poor result. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you're playing Chris Kane. He's kind of one of those players who... I don't still quite understand how he's continuing to get a a regular appearance. Because the last time we sat... Oh, that's right, (laughs) Chris Kane, he literally scored a hat trick the same night. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Who says that we just repeat the same stuff over and over again? Again, if Chris Kane had got good in that, did he? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's our fault that Chris Kane continues to not be. And it's kind of it's kind of mad that he's still actually starting games. I mean, Tony was obviously the 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 better striker there. Um, And then uh, Danny Swanson's another one who's not quite. Yeah. firing on all cylinders yet whenever he's come in he's kind of failed to really do a, a great deal so one, far one it. real positive is uh, Matty Kennedy and his chunky wee legs yeah. um, who every time I see him running I swear his legs are getting bigger so I, I presume at some point he's going to end up with those like Roberto Carlos things yeah. <laughs> need like a, a measuring tape to get around him um, who again while didn't score he looked he still looks great in that I think him and Tony Waterfront looks far more dangerous than anything else. Finally, one thing that player that he kind of threatened, yeah. threatened to be when he broke through at Kelly, which was everyone. I, I once actually refereed him playing for his school team um, <laughs> uh, down down at Dan Park in here. It was the first of April when it was snowing, um, <laughs> and uh, in fact, it might even have been in May, and it was snowing nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, he played wide, and you're just watching this boy, and you're like, "Nah, he's just." on a different level to everyone he played I think he made his debut for Kelly at 16 um, looked really good but then he barely he kind of broke into the first team just as the um, the start of the 2012-13 season maybe and then was instantly um, sold to Everton before he'd really had the chance yeah. to make an impact and that was and I mean it seemed like a good move at the time and Kelly wasn't a place that he really wanted to be at that point yeah. um, but he um Obviously, didn't really it set his career back quite a lot, and, and you're kind of finally see him hmm. thriving. What, what and was, yeah. again, Tommy Wright's the, the perfect manager to do that for you, but that, he was the kind of bright spark because they, they say one goal in seven games, and Mikey Devlin was the most likely player to score for <laughs> them. Then with that one, he, he scudded against his yeah. own post. But he, they're in a they're in an odd place at the moment, St. Johnson. You, you feel like I, I still I still think they're favourites to finish sixth because I think they're fundamentally better than yep. other Waller Hibs, but they are at some point they need to win yeah, a game, win a game yeah. at some point. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, we've got two games left, so we will we'll, we'll jump into we'll jump to Timecastle uh, and have a look at Hearts one, St. Mirren one, where Hearts scored both the goals, which is good, <laughs> and also 
from watching chunks of this game, there are big chunks of this game that made it look like a pub game. Yeah. Essentially, just balls pinging about the place. No idea still whether some of his goalkeepers any good or not, but he's certainly <laughs> throwing himself around enough. That, yeah. that, that was like, you know, this, you, know you watch goalkeepers warming up and like the the guy's just throwing balls at him and he's like down on the ground and they, they have him like lying down and then they throw the ball to the other side and yeah. he has to get up and yeah. scram that's exactly what he was doing <laughs> it, was, it was like he was thrust into that in real life if you watch that and you're like that seems a wee bit unrealistic and then you're like, no, like okay they're testing his reflexes it's, it's not a realistic scenario <laughs> but at least you're and then no that was exactly what happened yeah. to have four saves in the space of 10 seconds I think he meant one of them yeah. I think he'll give yeah. him credit for the first one the rest of them not so much the rest of them are just Hearts hitting the ball off him yeah. uh, Hearts remain looking uh, not great yeah, the, the defence um, Suter's been questionable of late and Christoph Beira he, he does seem to be edging closer and closer to the glue factory at this stage <laughs> getting, getting done for pace again yeah, was it yeah. um, well that was I mean that was always his big asset Beira he, he was never I was saying wasn't never no rapid always but he was quite strong and, mm-hmm. and quick enough and very uh, very quick off the mark like he read things very quickly but as your legs go mm. <laughs> um, but what was it a big big bumper contract extension yep. Scott, so. I, I also see that static images are back as a method of truth, proof as to yeah, whether yeah, yeah. tackles are good bad and indifferent yeah. and uh, I also really enjoy Clever Dick and Mona tagging the SPFL yeah. as if yeah. the SPFL's like a customer service <laughs> a proper bad grass nobody yes. likes a grass yeah. Clever <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the compliance officer probably is just looking through tweets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're done. We're done. Oh, there's one. There's one. And then, and then she has some sort of probabilistic machine. She'll be like, okay, well, this one, we'll give it a sixty percent chance. Let's draw it out the hat. Will we punish or not? <laughs> and now I know that's not how the process works. In the actually, it's a big, actually, it's a big wheel. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, like wheel of justice yeah these are things just, just to go on that because there's two in the hipster game these are things just fucking leave it it's a wee I mean okay yes if yes if the referee sees it perhaps it's a red card yeah but save the compliance officer for, for folk knocking each other yeah. out and like it's equivalent of, yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah. yeah it's equivalent to somebody doing the kind of TV sign in a game where there's VAR basically isn't there yeah. for any old yeah, thing yeah. I mean it, <laughs> It, was it a penalty though the uh, Nazon one Dickman I think said himself that he thought it was on the line which would suggest it was a penalty but I uh, think thought, you got the rules wrong it's very hard from the angle you can see it from the angle on the TV the contact was behind the line but of course yeah. perspective is funny because yeah. you're directly above Aye, that I know, um, I know. It could have been a penalty. Yeah. The referee is always going to err on the side of not giving it if he's if he's not sure. Which I think's fair enough, probably, yeah. isn't well, it? If but you don't know, yeah, then you're, yeah, you're obviously yeah. not going to. Um, and uh, shout out to Sean Clare for the first uh, no look head on the season. Really buried it, didn't he? Sean Clare, like, <laughs> he, he just looked like he was maybe coming into it a wee bit. I mean, he, he, he nice goal at, um, against Kelly had another um, another couple of nice moments, and then he does that. Yeah. I mean. Uh, it kind of helps that you're essentially an attacking player and you're suddenly getting asked to play every position on the yeah. bar because Craig Levine kind of set on a formation yeah. but, and, and he seems to want to show home Jake Mulraney into the team <laughs> it's like, it, it, I don't know it's uh, like it's August all over again yeah, um, <laughs> I mean we've gone we've gone round in circles and hearts so much does it, does it mean that we were right about Mulraney about everything about at, it, the yeah, yeah. at the start yeah. of the season yeah. we sat and panned hearts for the recruitment and all the things they did and then they they won the Apertura and now, <laughs> now we're in the second half of the season they're crap again so are we, I, I can't even it's essentially the quantum football team they are, they are both 
both good, good. and bad at the same time. Schrodinger's, uh, Schrodinger's hearts. Um, but they uh, just, it's, it's big now for them the next few games because they are come through within two points of Kelly and um, what now looks like probably a race for the final, well, fourth place, which could be a European spot. Yeah. Um, but both teams are kind of stumbling at mm. the moment. Hearts have still got the cup. They've got a, what should be a, a win, very winnable tie away to away to Wall League opposition at Four Hill um, on Monday night. Um, okay, yeah. uh, and uh, that is going to be big for them. We all know that Craig Levine has never won a trophy in his career. <laughs> Almost twenty years of association with one of Scotland's biggest clubs, and he's managed mm. to dodge it. Um, <laughs> could this be his year? This this commenter says no. <laughs> And moving on to yeah. our final game, uh, El, Pla- El Plastico, as it was dubbed on Pai and Bovro, as Livingston beat Kilmarnock in a game where everybody had an advantage. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that um, you can't really expect um, teams like Kelly to go on these plastic pitches no, and get a result. But it's uh, totally it unfair, be, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It should be ripped up immediately. Um, and it, again, another game where you think, thank God no one got seriously decapitated or like a leg fell off. So <laughs> uh, I, I, the scoreline is maybe a bit deceptive with this one because it was a 1 0 where Livingston were very comfortable, even despite the fact that Kelly hit the bar. Post three yeah, times. To yeah. be fair, if they were playing Mighty Ducks rules, then Kilmarnock win. Yes. They, they won at three bar. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But in real life, yeah, um, and not PBA talking about this. Yeah, Kelly to some extent. I've, I've written my I've written my notes here with Livingston at the top. So I'm like, I'm going to make sure I don't talk about Kelly. Plus, we have now prompting me to do that. <laughs> so no, let's let's talk about Livingston first, and then I'll yeah. come back. Um, yeah, so they're keeping their I mean, slim hopes at this point of um, of the top six alive with the win. Um, They've been struggling to find a kind of striker of late, so they've kind of obviously stumbled upon kind of playing a false nine, essentially, with Erskine through the middle and floating about and everyone else chipping in, and it did seem to work for them. They were very good. Um, I mean, they they kept Kelly at arm's length, I think would be the right thing to say. Um, they did what they do, essentially, and it was more back to kind of classic level. They've maybe been tinkering with it a bit too much of late but just 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 get bodies in the positions where the bodies need to be first and foremost and then take it from there um, I think Lawson had a really good game he's been one I've not been sure about he's really sort of the start of the season he looked he didn't look like a great pickup but the more he's got in the deeper he's getting the season the better a player he's looked and why he's a total he's internationalist yeah. mm. called Steve Lawson <laughs> um, and yeah so they, they are starting to I mean we, we talked recently about what well, how are they going to be set for next season and could they have the momentum going against them and all that but no they they dug out a, dug out another win and their form's not been I mean it's not been great but they have still yeah. picked up yeah. wins here and there it's not I'm, like I'm at the point where I'm trying to figure out who is actually winning games just yeah, yeah I know, I know. If, I, so it feels like everyone's yeah. in a six or seven game losing run yeah, yeah. and as you say well, I find it amazing that they are where they are and still as you say in contention for a for a top six finish which is it's not out with the possibility they could do that and you're 27 games into the season and they've had an actual centre forward for about three of them. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And, and yeah, they, they, it does go to show like, oh, you can talk about, you know, players need, needing strikers and you need a 20-goal a season. Man, you don't. You need a team that does enough to win enough games. Yeah. It doesn't matter who, who's playing where. If yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that it's going to be the start of a run though for Livingston. I mean, they haven't, 
won this year, won in nine in all competitions leading up to this. Yeah. And as well as they've played there, it's yeah, you're still without a striker. You're not exactly, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, know. As, it, as it turns out, probably not. I know. I just, I, I think, I think there's also an element of as much as it would be nice to push for a top six place. I think it doesn't. It's not going to matter to them that much, and I think that's maybe been no, part of the yeah. reason why they've had a pretty poor. One run. of my favourite performances was uh, Livingston finishing the playoff final second leg against Partick Thistle with literally a 6-4-0. <laughs> literally, that was the play they had in the park, and it didn't matter because Partick Thistle didn't lay a block no. on them. Yep. Um, yeah, so move move on to um, to Kelly. It's a team running on fumes at the moment. Yeah, they had that, a, a yeah. huge injury list. Six all or the, seven all the defenders, Broadfoot suspended. Um, Bruce was even injured. So you're just like mm-hmm. at this point flinging together all the bodies they have. I don't think I think Findlay was probably rushed back sooner than we'd have liked. He would have a smashing game as um, well, despite the fact that yeah he was falling um, this. I mean, I feel like Ross Millen and Callum Waters in the same team is like too many degrees of separation. I feel like <laughs> you can, I feel like you can get away with one of them. Yeah. Um, but once you have both you've just got no attacking threat big mm. attacking threat for Kelly's always been through the fullbacks and having Taylor and O'Donnell are both very good at it both very yeah. fit as well Waters I think actually thinks a good player I, I quite like him every time I see him but he's just neat and tidy he can't get forward he's not It's not his game he's a sitting you yeah. know centre half but uh, sorry a sitting fullback that um, kind of holds his position when Jones isn't firing in front of him it causes problems Millen isn't good enough I mean if he yeah, plays yeah, he's, moments, done, he's yeah, done fine, fine yeah. but he's not he's not a top flight yeah, player yeah. Um, and so when O'Donnell's not fit and he, was, he came on but he obviously wasn't he was wanting to give him a break because Kelly have had a lot of tough games uh, this month a bit like St Johnston but yeah, there was just too many changes and too many players um, not firing um, Rory McKenzie was the one standout actually McKenzie has been, he's had a weird um, relationship in, with Clark and not not the personal relationship I think yeah. it's fine but he, when Clark came in McKenzie couldn't get a sniff of a game I think he was linked with St Johnson at the time and he kind of seemed to be resigned to leaving and then got an opportunity seized it and played most of the games in the second half of last season then barely been seen again this time um, but when he has played he's generally done quite well yeah. um, he was obviously inches away from from the equaliser which um it would have been scarcely to I don't think it would have been far to say complete. It was not, it's not yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um that that's um obviously inches away from going in and, and it was a some it's, it's hopefully a big for him. I feel like he will get more chances, especially Jones has been been off the boil and to be honest was off the boil long before yeah, the Rangers yeah, yeah, He's yeah. just an inconsistent player. He, he may well come back into it, but there's a reason he'd kind of been dropped for a couple of games. Um Mackenzie will have chances. Burke has had an excellent season, yeah. but he can't. He can't surely keep doing that at the age mm. of thirty-five or whatever he is. Um, so there will be chances for him, but for Kelly, it just comes down to there are too many games and too many games and not enough bodies. Yeah, yeah, you can get away with that. I don't think the squad's that bad. I think there's decent. Yeah, depth, just, you, don't want, yeah. you can't bring all the subs no. in at once yeah, and no. expect something to happen. Um, Mullerwell on Wednesday night's a massive game because it's and um, they've now got two two um, well Mullerwell at home which recently has been been a, a yeah. guaranteed three points for Kelly um, since Clark came in they've always beat Mullerwell um, but that's a big game then they go to Paisley and again a game you should win but the way the way 
form is going just now, it, it, it could be crucial because they win those two games and all of a sudden everyone's rosy and we're chasing Aberdeen again, do you know what yeah, I mean? And Rangers yeah. probably, but if if the points drop and we go below hearts, it'll, yeah, it'll feel like um, a disappointment. And you can't forget, this is almost certainly going to be a record-breaking season for mm. Kelly yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's difficult to be in any way critical of any part of it. It's just, yeah. um, it's just all for, on the... There is a risk of it falling apart. I yeah. it has yeah. yet, but um, it would be disappointing if it did. Yeah, just I, I was having a look at Profi's statistic. This is the longest run he's actually gone without well, scoring a goal since the start of the season. <laughs> I, will, uh, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I like Profi, but I think he's, um, his goal scoring record gets kind of inflated a wee bit. Aye, a few penalties early on. So looking forward to Profi for Scotland. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much for listening uh, that's us covered all six games as we generally do we're off to record the Patreon now where we are going to talk about Meltdown yeah always good mm-hmm. always good uh, so thanks very much Craig cheerio thanks very much Andy thank you you can sign up for the Patreon at terrace or patreon.com slash terrace podcast thank you bye Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>